Welcome, and thank you for joining with us today for the teaching and preaching ministry from Central Baptist Church in Kannapolis, North Carolina. As associate pastor, Barry Murray shares from the Bible how to live in a fallen world. The goal of Central Baptist Church is to change the world by teaching the Word of God. Come, let's listen in. But we're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 3 this evening, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And uh, I'm going to try to get right to the point and get the point hit and get out of here so we can get on. We have a little brief meeting tonight off, off also afterwards. But uh, second Sam, I'm sorry, First Samuel chapter 3, as you're getting there, let me read this story to you that fits right into the message. I was going to use it as, as an opening introduction, but I'm going to read it first and then uh, jump into the scripture. Back when uh, the telegraph was used, how many of you remember what the telegraph is? I know nobody over here, but over here, we know what a telegraph is. How many of you remember a telegraph? Morse code and all those things. Well, back when that was the main method of long-distance communication, a, a place of business that uh, uh, operated Morse code, telegraph machines, they put a, a job out for people to come and to work for them. And so a bunch of young men applied for the job, and they're sitting in their room waiting for their turn in their minds to be interviewed. And they were filling out an application, and they were sitting there waiting, and a young man walked in the room uh, answering the newspaper ad, and he arrived in that room, and it was a large room filled with a lot of people in there trying to, uh, candidates for the job. And uh, there was noise in there. They're talking and chatting. And then in the background uh, was the, the Morse code thing going off, I guess, probably for background noise. And at the reception desk in the office, there was a form to be filled out, and the sign there says, please uh, fill out this application and uh, uh, wait for your turn to be summoned. So the young man uh, got his form. He sat down with other applicants in the room there. And after he filled his form out, just a few minutes later, this last young man got up out of his seat, and he walked through the door where everyone thought they were going to interview at. And he walked in the door, and uh, just a few months later, him and the employer came out, and the employer said, thank you all for coming. We filled our position. And all the other men in the room are kind of like, what's going on here? We've been here longer than he's been here. They didn't even interview us. They didn't even talk to us. They had nothing to do with us. What's going on here? And they began, as you can imagine, muttering about amongst themselves, trying to figure out how this man who made a mistake by going in there to begin with got the job and the employer said well the whole time you've been here filling out your application the morse code has been going off in the background and it says when you finish your application please come in the door <laughs> and he was the only one that understood what the morse code was and walked in the door and he got the job tonight i want to speak to you on this thought about having holy headphones holy headphones, listening to God in our lives. So let's stand this morning as we read, this is the morning, this is even as we read the scripture, 1 Samuel chapter number three, just read the first 10 verses here together and uh, we'll get right into the message quickly. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and I want you to notice this phrase, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days and there was no open vision, during this time God was not openly speaking with people, but the word of God was precious. Boy, I wish we would have that time again where the word of God was precious. 
But let's go on. It came to pass at that time when Eli was laid down in his place, his eyes began to wax dim, and he was getting old, that he could not see. And here the lamp of God went out of the temple almost morning time, almost dawn in the morning, when the ark of God, uh, where the ark of God was. And Samuel lay down to sleep. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. He ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, I called not. Lie down again. And he went and lied down. And the Lord called, called yet again Samuel. And Samuel rose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son. Lie down again. In other words, leave me alone, kid. Go back to sleep. In verse 7, though, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lied down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Thank you, Lord, for our chance to look into thy word again this evening. God, I pray that all of us would have ears that listen. Lord, there are so many distractions and things going on around us in our world. We find ourselves many times distracted from the most important verse, voice that we would ever hear. May tonight somebody here this evening hear your voice this evening and be as Samuel, speak for thy servant heareth thee. Lord, bless now. Give us listening ears, a listening heart. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you so much. We live in a world today that's very busy. It's very uh, 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 clattering, like that office was I mentioned a little bit ago in that story. We live in a time, if you can't find something to do, you're just lazy. Because there is something to do everywhere and anywhere. I'm not saying it's good or bad. That's not the sermon tonight. But you can find things to do. And we find ourselves being dis distracted, unable to hear the still, small voice that God has when he speaks to us. And this evening, I want all of us to uh, think about this this evening. Do we hear him when, we, when he speaks? Are we listening when he speaks? How many of you tonight, don't raise your hand, would testify, yeah, Pastor Barry, I've heard God speak to me. It's a wonderful place to be at. Do you know that the most important voice that you will ever hear in your life is the voice of of God himself. Amen. John 8, chapter 47 says this, He that is of God heareth God's words, yea, therefore hear the, uh, ye therefore hear him not, because ye are not of God. And boy, I pray tonight by the time I finish the message this evening, and I will abbreviate it tonight, I know how to do that, I'm pretty good at cutting out things, but I hope tonight that all of us will leave her saying, boy, I want to hear God's voice. I want to know God's leading. I want to know what God has for me in my life, and we're going to have to pay attention and listen. Uh, and listen, we need to be aware of the times when God is speaking, and be aware when God is trying to speak to us, and be aware of what's happening 
around us. As pastors mentioned many times, the enemy is trying to distract us. The enemy is trying to fill our ears full of things that really, to be honest about it, we can't, we really shouldn't hear, and we can't do anything about them, and we ought to not be distracted from God's voice when he speaks to us. And it's hard, though, isn't it? Because we are a people who we have to know. We have to know some things, or else we think we can't survive. I'll never forget uh, when I went off to college. My wife and I went off to college in 1985. We went off to college. It seemed like it was just yesterday, but it was a long time ago, wasn't it? In 1985, I went off to college, and uh, uh, we got so busy with uh, working full-time jobs and in college and uh, the ministry on the weekend that I lost track of TV. I didn't have time to watch TV. All three, didn't have time to mess with it. I went to summer school. I went to summer classes. We were there. We were, we were married. I was already in the air. It made no sense to me not to go to college in the summertime while I was there. And uh, plus, I needed the extra education, so I stayed for that. But I realized after four years of being there, I realized, you know what? I don't even miss my TV. And guess what? I was still breathing. I was still healthy. And I was still alive, and I hadn't seen TV other than when I maybe went home to my mom's house for Christmas or in the summer. I survived. I can remember we didn't have cell phones. Remember? And we survived. We made it. We paid our bills. We ate. We enjoyed. We served God. We, we got involved. In, and now it seems like we've got so many things uh, applying for us. And, uh, and I'm not going to go on that, that topic tonight. But I want to be aware when God is speaking to me. I'm going to jump in this quickly this evening. Number one is this. For the first thing to know God's listening, I must tune in. I must tune in. I need to tune in to God. You all have your favorite radio station or your podcast station or your Sirius XM station, whatever it may be. Some of you still listen to rock and roll. Some of you don't know what that is. And, and I was kidding with John going to choir practice evening about I grew up listening to Alice Cooper, the, the male version of Alice Cooper. And uh, some of you don't know who that is, and thank God you don't know who that is, but I grew up on that. I grew up on uh, some crazy country music. I found a, a, in a car one day a box of uh, old 8-track tapes, and there were some funny-looking, uh, funny groups in there singing. There was an old uh, uh, country uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, antidote type of uh, uh, song in there and, and all kind of things, and I listened to all that and knew all that kind of stuff. But listen, you're not going to listen to the radio if you're not tuned in to the right station. We need to tune in to God. Sam was lying in the temple. The candles were, were lit, but they were about to go out, so it's probably getting close to be dawn in the morning. He, he uh, is having trouble sleeping. Something keeps waking him up. His mind is racing by everything that he learned that day. Uh, I kind of believe uh, Josephus mentioned the fact that he was probably about 12 years of age because he was then able to serve in the temple and serve with Eli, somewhere around 12 years of age, and his mama had dedicated him to the Lord uh, since he was a baby, and he learned the functions of, of the priest under Eli. He's trying to get some sleep, and somebody's calling his name. There's a lot of things I, I, I get along with, but do not wake me up when I'm sleeping. But I've been woken up many a mornings hearing a voice. And it's time to get out of bed 
and go sit down in a living room somewhere and get the Bible out and spend some time with the Lord. Not every night. I'm not a super-duper Christian. I'm not that kind of guy, but I've been woken up many times and spent the rest of the evening or the rest of the night spending time just reading God's Word, listening to what maybe he has for me. He runs to Eli. He says, here I am. What do you want? And Eli uh, uh, says, I didn't call you. Kid, go back to bed. So Samuel goes back to bed, back to sack. We know it happens three times. And he comes back. Finally, Eli begins to realize what's happening. And I'm rushing through the story here. But uh, he realizes what's happening. He says, oh, uh, well, next time you hear that voice, say, speak, Lord, for thy servant. Here, Eli is now beginning to understand what's happening. He realized that God's speaking to Samuel. And Eli already knows he's in trouble with the Lord. With his sons, what he's been doing in the priesthood, he knows he's in trouble. And now God's speaking to Samuel, the young lad in his temple. He knows what's happening. And he questions him later on. I won't go into that this evening at all. And Samuel hears the third time. And Samuel says, speak, Lord, for I hear. All tonight, I wish our prayer would be, speak, Lord, for I hear what you're trying to say to me. Speak, Lord, for I want to know what you have for me. This morning, as we were in church, long before the message and long before uh, uh, the altar uh, was open for invitation time, I hope you said to yourself, Lord, speak to me today. Through the singing, through the fellowship, through the prayer, through the time together, and especially through the message uh, of this morning, uh, Eli, uh, we, I mean, uh, we need to say, God, please, please speak to me. And what's happening here is we see in Samuel's life, the word of the Lord had not been revealed yet to Samuel. And I think the first call, just in my interpretation of this, Samuel here is getting saved. And God's getting ready to call him because he has a work for him to do. He was tuned in to God. He would have known, uh, if he was tuned to God, he would have known God was speaking, and he would have heard clearly the instructions that God had for him. So this evening, I gather, since you're here at church on a Sunday night, that maybe most of us are saved, that are here this evening, and uh, we understand the Lord, but are we listening? Are we tuned in? Have we taken the opportunity that God's given us by salvation to stay tuned in and listen to God? There's a story about a native Indian and his friend were in the middle of New York City one time during lunchtime. And, he, and this native Indian said uh, to his friend, he said, I hear a cricket. Don't you love when crickets get in your house? And you can't find them little buggers. And they don't chirp until you're asleep. You with me? But in the middle of the bitty city of New York City, this man hears a cricket. And his friend says, you got to be kidding me. Through the horns going off and the cars driving by and the people speaking and the busyness of the sidewalks, you hear a cricket. And he says, I promise you, I hear a cricket speaking. And they go out up and they walked over to a, a construction area. And right close to that construction area, there was a little green area there with shrubs and shrubbery there. And the, the man looked down. He said, right there he is, a cricket. And the guy said, how in the world did you hear that? He says, it all depends on what you're listening for. And in the midst of a busy world, what are we listening for? 
Yes, there's a lot of clamor. Yes, there's a lot of clatter. Yes, there's a lot of things going on around us, but what are we listening for in the midst of that distraction? He said, let me show you something else. And the Indian, uh, Native Indian took out some change and he dropped it on the sidewalk. And there were 20 people checking their pockets to see if that was their money in that busy street. Why? Because what are you listening for? What are you paying attention to? Are we tuned in to God this evening? Are we tuned in to what's going on? Yes, it's true that, uh, uh, that there, we have a quiet time. But in the midst of busyness, are we listening if you tune in to God, it doesn't matter what, what's going on around you. You can hear him speak. I remember the story, I believe it was uh, D.L. Moody was going across the street. He's halfway across the busy street, carriages and horses going back and forth. In the middle of the busy street, he stopped and prayed. And the man came and grabbed him, took him out of the street. What are you doing? He said, there was some sin between me and the Lord, and I had to take care of it before I went any farther. That's the guy who's tuned in. That's the guy who's listening. Well, what station are you on? Number two is this. I think we ought to tune in to WGOD. We ought to stay tuned in to WGOD. We read through the Old Testament and we see different stories how God spoke to certain people like when God and Adam were talking. And can you imagine being Adam and Eve in the garden and every morning God came down and walked with you and talked with you and told you that you were his own and the joy they shared in the presence there of God? Man, I would love to have that knowing that every day of my life God was coming down and we're going to spend time together staying tuned in. But I can know that and I can enjoy that. When God spoke to Noah about building the ark, I'm going to tell you, Noah had to be tuned in because he was asked to do the impossible to build that ark, him and his sons. There was no Lowe's. There was no place to go get your, your wood custom made in those days. God spoke to him about building the ark. I would love to be in there when God spoke to Abraham and said, every place the soul your feet touches, it's yours and your people. You're going to be the father of thousands, more than even the sands of the sea, or the sands of the beach. When he talked to Moses through the burning, fiery bush, boy, I love to have been Moses. How about when Paul responded uh, when he saw Jesus on the road to Damascus? Or Mary when the angel came and told her that she was going to have a baby. And we, can, we, can ha we can't help but think, wow, I wish God would speak to me that way, and he can, and he does. But do you know what would happen if God spoke to you? If you're going home tonight from church and you saw this burning bush on the side of the road, would you really stop and see what God had to say to you? Or would you say, I can't believe that. That's a mess. Would you really listen? I think a lot of people think God only speaks through signs and burning bushes and experience, but that's really very rare how God speaks to us today. And while God's not necessarily revealing himself as he did in times of scripture, as we see, he does reveal himself in various other ways. How does God speak to us? I won't spend time to go through all these point by point this evening, but he speaks through us. Uh, Ephesians 4 talks about uh, some apostles and some prophets and some uh, evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. He speaks through us through our pastors, through our preachers, 
through our teachers, through our teaching system, through our, our Sunday school, through our uh, Wednesday night programs that we have here, a lot of things going on in Sunday morning, Sunday night, and whenever you sit in a service, for example, is God speaking to you or you can't wait to go home? It's 6.55. Don't be in a hurry. I got two more points. No, one more point yet. But let God speak to you while we have this time together. He speaks through the preaching on Sunday. He speaks through his word. Uh, Psalms 119, thy words lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You say, I don't know where to go. Then you need to read the word of God. Because it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. You learn, you learn first how to hear God by following his written word. And I don't want to spend time on this. We talk about this often here. But there is nothing more important to you in your Christian walk and hearing God's voice than the word of God. And when you read it, don't question it. Don't try to figure out some things you can't figure out. Just read it. Amen. Yes. Revolutionized my Christian walk when I decided just to read it, quit trying to worry about all the things I can't figure out about it. It's amazing how you go from here to here and all of a sudden God puts it together because you're just reading in it. It's not complicated. God didn't design it for you to have a college degree, by the way, to understand what it said, by the way. He wanted all those people to know what he has to say, where he wants us to go. If you can't follow what is written word, chances are you can't follow his audible word. I think, one, you need to follow his word. Number two, he speaks through the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 16, the Spirit itself, bear it with us, with us, with our spirit, that we are the children of God. But when I tell you today, today how I decide whether I think something is of God or not of God is when my spirit bears witness with that spirit, this is of God or this is not of God. I sat in a service just a few months ago uh, with family. I sat in church and I went through the whole uh, music concert and I sat there and I walked out. I tried to be objective. I tried to be open-minded. I tried to be, tried to be, but I walked out and told my wife, that spirit there does not bear Witness with my spirit. It just doesn't bear the same witness. It didn't do anything for my spirit what was going on in that place of church that day. You say, well, you're saying it's wrong? I'm just saying it didn't bear witness with my spirit. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, a, not trying to be critical of it or look at it the other way, but I'm looking for things that bear witness because I believe the spirit of God lives inside of me. And when something's of God, we should bear witness together. Should be something there. I get that, please. It's pizza order. And uh, uh, there should be something there. Tell me you'll be a few more moments before you get there. Why, this is also known as the inward witness. The Holy Spirit will verify that you're doing the right thing. I can't tell you. I've taught this in my class not long ago. You'll know when God's speaking to you, and you know when you're doing something or you're somewhere you shouldn't be. And you ought to be willing to get up and walk out. Or you ought to be willing to walk in and enjoy it. You feel this uneasiness on the inside. That's the Holy Spirit letting us know God's speaking to us. God speaks through us. And I do believe, uh, as Romans 9 talks about, about, uh, as I mentioned already, bearing witness, my spirit and God's spirit should be in agreement. We should be in agreement in life. He speaks through us that way. That still, small voice. I've never had God audibly talk to me. And if you have, you need to start selling that on TV. 
But I do believe with all my heart that God speaks to me. God speaks to us. If we're listening to that still, small voice. Have you heard that voice saying, it's not some overwhelming thing that says don't do this. It's not some overwhelming uh, uh, conscious about you that says, go ahead and do that. It's your spirit speaking to you, and it speaks to us in still, small voice. Listen, and I won't spend time in the testimony this evening, this evening but I'm going to tell you what, I would not be here tonight where I'm at without God speaking to me. I would not be at Central Baptist Church had not I listened to that still, small voice. And I have no doubt, no doubt, this has been God's will for our lives. Can't go through everything tonight, but man, God sure is good. But I believe he's been good because we listen. My wife and I listen to him, and we try to follow what he has for us. Maybe you're planning on doing something or going somewhere, and an inward voice says to you, uh, go ahead and do it, or don't do that, or stop. We ought to be willing to let that spirit lead us and guide us. Peter in Acts 10 thought on, on the vision, and the spirit said, behold, three men coming to seek thee, Peter. There are three men coming to see you, and when they're coming, listen to them. Go with them. Uh, they, there's something for you to do. And it's not an audible voice. It's something we can hear inside of us. God wants to speak to us, and I believe every day of our life, God has something for us. I got to hurry. Are you listening? Number three is this. And this is the most helpful, practical point I can give you tonight. Please, if you, if you take any notes, listen to these things I say, because these are practical things to help us every day of our life. Number three is this, tune out deadly interferences. Amen. Yes. Tune out deadly interferences uh, this evening. John 10, 34 talks about the lamb and the sheep, on the sheep that know the shepherd's voice and how he leads them out in the field. And I won't go through that, read all that this evening for time's sake. But when the sheep hear the shepherd calling, they should follow. We know the Bible and we know the definition of sheep, that sheep are not a correct word to say, more stupid. They don't know where to go. But suppose the shepherd says, hey, sheep, let's go over here. And two of them, as some of us sometimes, get distracted with something else over here. Let's say two boy sheeps are distracted by two female sheep and aren't paying attention. And I hope that's the way it stays, by the way. Okay, that's another sermon for another day. But they get distracted and they find themselves wandering somewhere else because they weren't paying attention. Next thing you know, the whole flock's gone and they're gone. Why? They were distracted by something else. And what I'm saying tonight happens to us is that we get distracted, and those distractions, that interference, can be deadly. It can be deadly. Maybe it's sin in our lives. Maybe. Maybe there's something we want to let go of, a besetting sin. Maybe it's just the weight that's holding us down that we won't let go. Maybe. Maybe it's just you're preoccupied with something else that's not necessarily sinful, but I have found the biggest interferences in my life are not sinful things. They're not sinful. I have found the biggest interferences 
are not something necessarily that you would say, boy, look at him sinning over there. I have found some things that frustrate me. Anybody get frustrated? And I find out when I get frustrated, I get out of tune with God's channel. Very practical here. So mentally, years ago, I put up some principles in my life. I, I try to follow these. Sometimes the flesh gets a little weak, and I don't always follow these. But I found out my biggest frustration in life is people. If it wasn't for people, I said to my class this morning, life would be so much better. So if people are frustration in life, I got to be careful how I deal with people so I don't become frustrated and get tuned out from what God has for me in my life. But people are frustrating. Or you say, you're frustrating me right now. I agree, I probably am. So years ago, I, I decided on things, pastoring and dealing with people for many years. There was four groups of people that I decided I will not try to reason with. I will not try to change them because if I do, nothing happens but I become more frustrated and get tuned out from God. You with me? Practical, write these down. And you may say, you're talking about me. I probably am. But I'm not doing it on purpose. Number one is this. I decided years ago, I'm not going to try to reason with somebody who knows everything. Because that brings nothing but frustration in me because they know it all. But I know it all. But you can't reason with somebody who knows everything. And what happens is you find yourself become frustrated. Would you agree? I'm not saying they're wicked, no good, rotten sinner going to go to hell. I'm just saying they frustrate me. And what happens is that gets me off tune. And the most important person I stand in tune with is not that person who frustrates me. It's God himself. Amen. So when I allow that to frustrate me, I'm getting out of tune with God. The second thing is, is people who always blame somebody else. It's always somebody else's fault. And I find myself trying to blame somebody else for all my problems. Everything in my life that's wrong is my wife's fault. That's why I got married, so I could blame somebody. No, that's not true at all. Probably she says the same thing about me. But there are people that are always looking to put the blame or the weight on somebody else instead of manning up and taking it for themselves. That frustrates me. I've been dealing with that a long time, especially in church work. Number three, someone who's not asking me for help, but desires to take all my time to tell me all their problems. But they don't want my help. In counseling, as a pastor, I found out most people don't want counsel. They want someone to just uh, be a, uh, listen to what they have to say, and they're going to go on and do their own thing anyhow. You with me? That frustrates me. Then why are you wasting my time? I had a man that, that kept coming to me in my church. He kept coming back, coming to me, and uh, trying to counsel him and his wife and whatever, and it was just, just a mess. And every time I come in, he wants to tell me all the problems, and then he starts picking on his wife, what's wrong with her and all that. I said, well, she married you. <laughs> Anyhow, I tried to turn around. Finally, I told him, you know what? I can't counsel you anymore. 
He got mad at me. I said, why? You're frustrating me. You're not coming for counsel. You're coming to me to complain about everything. I don't have time for that. Or I should say, I don't want to get tuned out from God because of you. You say, that's hard to do. It is hard to do. It is a hard thing to do. But I tell you, my most important verse, voice that I want to listen to daily in my life is not somebody who wants to complain about everything. It's God himself. And the fourth group of people are just foolish people. People who are fools in their own folly. Fools in their own folly. We shouldn't let them uh, uh, take, uh, take our time. and shouldn't let them, whatever they may be doing, listen, a fool's going to die in his folly. Let's not let it take us down while we're at it. I'm not always perfect about doing this. I try to do this. I try not to get frustrated about these things. But uh, uh, it's hard sometimes. But we can't let somebody take us away from the one and only God who's given us salvation because somebody else. Look, if God's not the most important verse I listen to, I cannot be around, I cannot let these kind of things sidetrack my emotions. I've never won an argument with any of those four people. I have never been able to change a point. Now, now, if I was in charge of something, that was different. If somebody I was in charge of it, I, I would deal with it in some way, somehow. But if it's not my area or anything about it, I, I need to move on. I love you, praise the Lord for you, but I'm moving on. Let me give you an example and I'm done. We have three adult children. We love our children to death. We have grandchildren through them. We have uh, other spouses that have come in the family. We love them. I, I love my children. They all three, uh, from, uh, uh, from the moment they went to college, have basically take care of themselves. They know how to work. They're not lazy. They weren't raised that way. They're not lazy. They know how to work. They know how to work hard. And all three of them I'm very proud of. One's a realtor. He's a realtor in the Pittsburgh area. He, he's been on the real estate magazine. Him, he has a team of people that work with him. He, he, he can sell you anything. We were in a van one day coming to a basketball game, and a, a, a man was with us in the, in the car, and uh, the phone kept ringing. Somebody was trying to buy a van, off the guy, a van off the guy that the guy didn't have. It was the wrong number. And they kept calling trying to buy his van. So my son took the guy's phone, and he sold the guy a van over the phone they didn't even have. <laughs> I mean, his son, is just, he, he's, he's amazing. He can do that. He's very successful what he's doing. Thank God for that. We have another son uh, that he's in the fitness world. You've seen him he's, when he's been there. He's big and stalky and bulky, but he still can't be dad. But this, this kid here, started, he started three gyms from scratch, and he bought two other gyms through his, through his time. He's just, turned, he's just 30. And uh, uh, he's very, very business-minded, very successful. He's getting ready to branch out to a new business. I'm very proud of him. Our daughter is a pastor's wife. Her husband pastors in New York, Mount Morris, New York. I'm very proud of them. They have four of our grandchildren, and, uh, and I love them. But in my mind, as a parent, I have a piece of advice for all three of them. Okay, I'm going to get down to your road here in a minute, aren't I? I have in my mind, all three of them, things they could do better. Because I'm the old dad and I know better. I've been there, done that. Right? 
I think I can help all three of them in their marriage. I think my son-in-law should call me about pastoring. Because I know more about pastoring than he does. Right? And I do know more about that. Why? I had the experience. And I have things that I want to help them in their lives as they raise their children, as they have their married lives, as they're growing, because dad and mom know things they don't know. So every week I call them and I'll let them have it. No, I don't. I do not. We do not. We do not. Every now and then they'll call me. They got a car problem with their car. They want to buy another vehicle, they'll call me. They got something with their house, some house repair they want done, they'll call me. My daughter called about in the parsonage where they live out about something with the heat one time. We talked about that. The transmission out of their car. She called me about what to do about that. They call me. But can you believe me? Not one of them will ever call me and discuss life with them. And mom and dad knows better. But what I could do is be frustrated about that because I think they could do better. Right, mom and dad? But look, the truth of the matter is, it's really none of my business what they do now. And if I let that happen, I'll, I'll get frustrated because they won't call me and ask me for advice. Because the most important voice I hear is not my children's voice. It's God's voice. And my children know where their mom and dad stand on things. And I can find myself as now a grandparent, an older parent, with adult children married, living their own lives, taking care of themselves, who I'm very proud of, by the way. Have you heard that yet? I'm very proud of all of them. I can say I get frustrated because they won't listen to dear old dad who knows better. He's been there and done that. But I can't let myself get frustrated by that because they have to learn things about life like I had to learn about things about life. And what we find ourselves doing is we turn, tune out God because we are letting deadly influences, interference, I should say, get us out of tune with God. And the most important thing to help me deal with my children is God. And I need to be there and they need to be there. I know with all my heart, Satan will throw all the interference he can my way to get me off station. So I must purposely live by some principles and keep my station with God, that that's the best thing for me, that I'm listening. I want to have holy headphones and stay in tune with God. Well, I just think, Pastor Barry, I could tell my kids how it is. You go ahead and see how that works for you. Let me know. You tell me how that works for you. And all it does is get you more frustrated and get you out of tune with God. Because I think one day, if your children really need you, and they know you're in tune with God, they're going to come to you and talk to you about it. They're going to come back. Doesn't Proverbs teach you that it'll never return void what you teach your kids? Sure. How are you, how are you doing about listening this evening? Are you listening to God? Are you paying attention? Or are there some distractions I didn't even get to the government part of distractions. But there are things going on that the devil wants us to be so focused on that we, I'm going to change it. And that's fine. I, I understand that. But don't get frustrated. 
Don't let it get to you. Don't, don't, don't let that get you sidetracked. Why? The most important thing you ever hear every day is God. Helps you with your marriage, helps you with the children, helps you in your ministry, helps you in your job, everything you have. So that's who I want to hear. I want to hear from God. I think we ought to do everything we can as Americans to help preserve our country. We should, have got, should not get too frustrated over it, though. I think we ought to do our duty. I think we ought to pray for our leaders. If God calls you to do something, I think you ought to do something about that. But let's not be so concerned that we forget about the voice of God. Because it's God's going to turn our nation around. And I'm not going to say, I was going to preach a sermon about this night, I decided not to. But the problem with nations is not the ungodly people. The problem with nations are the godly people. Because the Bible says, if my people will turn from their wicked ways, then we hear from heaven. We expect the loss, and that's another story. So you can't get so frustrated that you get tuned out from God, is what I'm saying. Stay tuned in. Have some headphones tuned in to WGOD. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to know more about Central Baptist Church events and ministries, please visit our webpage at cbckannapolis.com.